This is the Horse Radio Network. Does it really need to be said that horses and nightclubs don't mix? This week, a new host compares eventing to her boyfriend's sport of choice, motocross. Is it safe to ride while wearing headphones? And we offer some creative tips on how to hold the attention span of a spazzy green horse. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. Welcome to episode 19 of Heels Down Happy Hour. So Alex is winding down at WEF and getting ready to hit the road for summer show season with her husband, Andrew. So we'll have a special guest on today who's a total badass and we're super stoked. Please welcome Sally Spickard. She's a 32-year-old marketing and journalist for Heels Down. She now lives in San Diego, California. She has a little chihuahua named Cooper and she is horseless, but she hopes to one day ride like Michael Young. Welcome, Sally. Yay. Hey, how's it going? We're so happy to have you, Sally. I am so excited to be here. Oh my gosh. All right. And Jess, I love that you brought up that (laughs) Sally has a long haired chihuahua because sometimes I get your Instagram feeds confused (laughs) because your dogs look the same. They look the same. Well, Cooper also has his own Instagram page. So you could also just like follow him. He does? Yeah. I think it's like call him Cooper or something. He's more popular than I am. Sally, does Cooper have more followers than you do on Instagram? I mean, no, but if I use the right hashtags, he gets weight. Like the dog community on Instagram is like, it's like a whole new world. I don't know. I don't know all of the things that they do. I'm, I'm very new. So um, yeah, he's, he's pretty popular, but yeah, he's, he hasn't got me beat just yet. Well, just um, wait, because now Jess is going to have pictures of both Hudson and her chihuahua in the same oh, picture. So I don't think there's more cuteness. No, there's the not world. really a contest there. No, and when they were the same size, I have the cutest picture of them laying on this little like Aww. blanket together. Oh my gosh, it was the cutest picture. Oh, cute doggos. But hey, Sally, since it's your first time on the show, it is sort of customary that you bring the drink. So you got oh. one for us? No pressure. Um, so I went to this really cool restaurant here in San Diego a couple months ago. It's called Hello Betty's Fish House. And they have this drink and it's called the Mission 211. I don't don't ask me what that means because I don't know. Um, but it's kind of a kind of a girly champagne kind of drink. So my my girlfriend's actually using this in her wedding. Um, so what it has, it's got uh, like a shot of lemon vodka and then it's got hibiscus syrup, which is honestly kind of what makes it. I think I didn't know that hibiscus made syrup or whatever you get hibiscus syrup from. Um, and <laughs> I was going to say, just, what is that? I don't know. It's just like, uh, I'm trying to think of how I would even explain it. It almost tastes because, okay, so you shake it over ice and then you strain it and then you top it with bubbly, like champagne or Prosecco or rosé or whatever. Um, Ooh, that sounds so pretty that's good. Like, it is Yum. so good. And the hibiscus syrup, I, I mean, I honestly feel like if I had to describe it, it's like a lemonade, kind of like a, a fruit lemonade type of drink. Like, bubbly one though yeah yeah it sounds like a dangerous one because like it probably no, tastes really even... light and good and then but yep. all of a sudden you're like holy crap and the vodka I'm caught drunk. up with you yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so, especially um, the vodka and the prosecco mm. yes and it's like because it's lemon vodka you really like it's not strong and it, because it's over so much ice it's cold i don't know it's gonna be amazing and so it's the signature cocktail at my friend's wedding next month and uh she was like, how much should we order? Like, how much champagne do you think we should order for this? And I was like, um, 
you're going to need a lot. lot. (laughs) So it's really good though. This episode is brought to you by EcoGold. EcoGold's engineering team has raised the bar to create the most technically advanced half pad, providing the highest level of protection, breathability, and safety. The flip half pad is made from high resilience foam and can be shimmed to fit any horse. Get yours at ecogold.ca. All right, Jess, it's time for news. What do you got for us? I have a pretty interesting one. I actually didn't know most about this much about this topic. So, I mean, frangible pins had a bit of an issue at Red Hills this past couple weeks. So I always knew, and I'm not sure if you guys do, but if you incur and hit a frangible pin and it basically goes off and breaks down, which is for the safety of the sport and your horse and yourself, you incur a lot of penalty points, which I thought was across the board. But apparently it doesn't happen at the national level. It was just FBI that you get the 11 points which I didn't know that first off. And then second off, you can actually have it discussed like final results are posted 30 (laughs) minutes after, and then they're supposed to be concrete. But I guess they looked at this girl. Aaron had actually hit the pen in the water going into the water and it released and it fell down and they looked at pictures and then they gave her the 11 points a couple hours afterwards which I thought, wow, but she saw the picture. She knew she'd hit it. And she's like, look, I obviously deserve the 11 penalty points. So she wasn't like contesting it or anything, but I didn't know that you don't get the 11 points at advanced level. I didn't know that either. So so for the non-eventer that has all the questions, so she (laughs) was, she was coming into the water. There was like a log fence that had the pins. She went over it and everyone thought she was clear at first, but later photos showed that the horse hit the log and the, at the log actually fell or so, like, how did they know? Yeah. So it was, um, it was like a couple logs. So it wasn't just one log. There were a couple logs and uh, she hit the top rail and it basically like in a show jump would fall down to the backside. Well, it did it on the cross country, which is a safety reason. And it's got these mem pins. So it broke right, and right. fell down. So then they had to go build it back up. But the problem was the jump judge didn't write it on the sheet. So that's where she didn't get the 11 penalty points. So when the um, results came out, she didn't have 11 penalty points. Someone pointed it out or something. And so they went back, saw the pictures that she actually had the jump down, basically, essentially. And that's when she got the 11 penalty points. But I didn't know that if she had been, so she was in the CIC three-star, sorry. If she had been in the advanced division and jumped that exact same jump, had the exact same rail down, she wouldn't get the 11 points because it's only for FEI. That's really interesting. I had no idea that like they don't have those at national levels. So if the rail still came down, she just would have still gone clear. Um, at national level, she would have, if she activated the frangible pin, then she gets no penalties at the national level. Gotcha. Which is interesting. Yeah. Do you know so, why that is? Yeah. So I honestly, I had to go ask my husband, um, <laughs> because I said, did you know this rule exist? And he goes, one, I'm on the safety committee, Jessica. <laughs> yes. yes, I know this rule exists. <laughs> like, yes, and I, I was actually. like, <laughs> I mean, like, I thought I was telling him like all this new news. And he was like. Wow. Wow. You're so pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And he's like, no, at the national level, they want to be able to encourage innovation and encourage new ideas. So they don't want 
you know, with the FBI, you have to go through FBI standings and their standards and like their rules and everything else. But with the USDA and USEF, they want to, you know, encourage everybody to have new ideas and new safety measures so they can try out new devices and new different measures so they don't get penalty points for that. Oh, so it's like if you're a part of an experiment, basically, you're not going to get dinged on your score if it comes down because it's like a new pin jump or something, I guess. And so they want, yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the idea behind it is so that they basically want the, you know, people, the course designers, the judges, you know, just everybody involved in the safety committee to come up and find new reasonable safe ways to go and present it to the ground jury and the TDs. Well, and the good, the good news is the horse hit the fence, but there was no fall. There was no injury. Everyone was fine. So and that's, franchi- why, that's why, it, that's why it's there. Exactly. It did its job. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's good news all around. Yeah. Sally, what all do right. you have for us? Well, okay. So I read a lot of like business articles, which I mean, we won't talk about how interesting those are, but this one popped up and it's from Business Insider and it's about, okay, so I have to read you the headline because this basically, well, not the headline. They So they went to Wellington and they call this the WEF instead of WEF or the Wellington or the Winter Equestrian Festival. It's just called the WEF. So you can tell this is a mainstream media type of article. Um, so the article is basically like the, the whole headline is like this unknown town in Florida has become a horse Disneyland for the richest of the rich. So obviously, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I always get a little frustrated when all of the mainstream coverage is all about how much money and how, you know, Bill Gates daughter and Bruce Springsteen's daughter, you know, participate, which is really cool. But, you know, I don't necessarily think it should be all about how rich everybody is. And so. I started reading this article and they're talking about, you know, going through like the normal person's description of the disciplines. And then they're talking about like an Hermes booth in the trade fair and how expensive everything is. So I'm sitting here like, all right, like I get it. Of course, people are rich, whatever. And then he scrolls or he keeps writing and he starts talking about how, you know, actually, though, when you talk to these writers, what you can tell is that they're obsessed with their horses and that they feel uncomfortable when they see an emphasis on other competitors, wealth or celebrity status, or um, he mentions, he says, actually succeeding in competitions requires some combination of hard work and a love for the sport. And I just thought it was cool that he noticed that, you know? Um, And this actually says as one equestrian in her twenties asked me, please don't make us look all like assholes. So like, I just think, you know, I think it's a th- it's really interesting that somebody from quote unquote the real world um, actually kind of saw that and didn't and looked past the money. I guess. Yeah. No. So I read it to you, uh, and then I in- investigated the writer because that's who I am. But so in, it's actually it's actually a woman. It's a woman who wrote it, and she is uh, someone who lives in New York. And okay, so just so you know, Business Insider is like one of those mainstream media as, as a journalist, I'm allowed to say this, that kind of like, I cringe a little bit because they're, they write a bunch of BS a lot. Like of fluff, times. Right. Yeah. And, and they, um, they also don't have, like they have hired writers, but it's like a website that a lot of people can contribute to. So it's, you know what I mean? Kind of like Huffington Post, like a lot mm-hmm. of people can, can contribute to it. So you could tell just that this person had like no context whatsoever when they went into this, they're just like, I had a rich friend who I met right. in New York city who rode horses and I, and I went to see it like a science experiment. But the problem I have, like, okay, I'm a reporter. It's my job to drop in on specific communities and get to know these people on a level that can resonate with any audience. And a piece like this 
does such a disservice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like exactly what you said, Sally, like it's not just about Bill Gates's daughter. There are a lot of people who work really hard to get to WEF and to show there every year. And I understand that it's flashy and it's, um, you know, there's mega million dollar barns there, but it, it's, it was a very surface, like skimming the surface type piece of taking pictures of fancy barns and not really even staying there long enough to understand the lingo because they're calling it the WEF. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so. yeah. It definitely, I mean, there's definitely a large level of ignorance, but I mean, this was one of the only articles I think I have ever seen that has actually acknowledged the fact that maybe it's not all about that. I mean, it might be like one That's sentence, true. but I think I thought that part was the coolest part of the whole article because I do agree with you on the rest. Yeah. But no, like my favorite line in it was the don't make us look like a-holes. Yeah. You know what I mean, I thought <laughs> yeah. that was like, I'm sure writers are so used to that too. You know, oh, absolutely. Dropping in. So interesting. Yeah. So right. Justine, what do you got for us? Uh, another Florida somewhat mainstream media news story, actually. Uh, uh, although it's ridiculous. Uh, this is becoming my specialty, the ridiculous news stories. But um, a, I'm sure you guys have heard about this, about the South Beach nightclub in Miami that some oh bikini. God. Yeah, this woman on a bikini like was riding a horse in the middle of a South Beach nightclub. Like a freaking nightclub <laughs> full of sweaty people and there's like lights and everything. So this poor horse, if you've seen the video on social media, it's like this little paint kind of white looking horse. And there's literally a woman with a bikini thong riding up her butt sitting on this poor horse in the middle of the dance floor. And the horse is panicking, tries to turn around and falls. So it oh. ditches the girl. It's clearly, you know, stressed out. But anyways, so the city of Miami did the right thing and closed down the nightclub. And so this happened like last week, I think. And now um, the nightclub is about to reopen, but the city is only letting it reopen with if, if they meet these requirements. They have to pay $12,000 in code violations. They have to uh, contribute $10,000 to a, um, a horse nonprofit. So they picked like a horse rescue in Miami. And then they, so basically once people found out that this was happening, cause the video went viral online, uh, the city immediately yanked their business license. And so they had to like go through all these requirements and city meetings to get to reopen. But what a freaking nightmare. Like, can you imagine that poor horse? Oh my God. I cannot. I want to know what your thoughts have got to be when you decide this is a good idea. I'm going to take a horse to a nightclub. I mean, who just, I want to know who got stepped on too in the process. I mean, like so many injury possibilities, not to mention I mean, the poor horse. They're very lucky that no one got seriously hurt. Right. So who's like, let me hook up the trailer and bring the horse down to South Beach. And you know what I mean? Like there right. was, there was clearly Do you a think they trailered it in? It, well, it, where did it live on South Beach? They had to have, well, you know, unless they just took it for a couple mile ride. Like I mean, you think maybe. they really hooked up a truck and trailer? There's no way there's a horse farm down there. I used to live in Fort Lauderdale and there's just like, I mean, that's not Miami, but there's just, the, the horse had to come from somewhere. Well, I've been to South Beach and like, it's, it's very small. Like you would, I, I can't, and the only thing I could think all of the bridges right. and go through downtown to get there. There's no place for a horse to live except like inland. So someone brought the horse to the beach, you know, that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes so they're so lucky funny. no one got more hurt, but I, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I might've done a couple of like fists in the air when I watched the video and I watched the girl fall off the horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it. 
Some her of the outfit, <laughs> <source. laughs> her oh. outfit was pretty amazing too. Also, oh could you imagine like how disgusting your body yeah. would be if you're in a bikini and you cut off that horse? Like gross. And it's a gray horse too. So it's like you got white hair all over you now. Oh, it's just making me cringe. Itchy. When I saw this headline, I thought immediately, okay, this is perfect for the rollback. So I hope both of you are subscribed to the rollback. Are you? What is that? So the rollback is something I put together every week for Hillsdown Magazine. And it's our uh, weekly e-newsletter. But it's not just horse news. It's also like really interesting news. Things that we talk about on the show here or just random things I read because that's all I do all day is read and write (laughs) about things. Um, And so I try to compile the most interesting things into this new uh, newsletter once a week. And you can get it through Hillsdown Magazine if you sign up for it on hillsdownmag.com right now. And we do a bunch of giveaways so you can win cool stuff from our um, from our partners, too. So sign up for the rollback. Awesome. Nice. So I just got this thing um, earlier this month called Giddy Up Goodies Box. Um, I'm curious to see because I think you guys also got one. And it's a monthly subscription box. And it's kind of one of those. I don't know if you've ever subscribed to the beauty, like the Birch Box or anything like that. I subscribe to the Sephora Box myself. Um, But they really become a thing now. And so um, this is a horse box that has gifts that are kind of really thoughtfully curated for horses and riders as well. Um, and my favorite part is that Giddy Up Goodies is so thoughtful and they design a new theme every single month. And so, for example, the March theme is like a good luck theme. And then Valentine's Day was in February and so on and so forth. So um, it's really, really, really cool. And I think it's adorable. And it's got something, a little bit of something from everybody in it. So, for example, um, you know, I have this products from horseware in my box called a neutralic what it is that in, it's like this weird well i'm not gonna say weird because it's really cool but it's like this um it's like a salt lick or a, a lick it kind of thing one of those sweet oh, uh, yeah. distractor treat things i'm not being very technical about this so you know you know what i'm saying um, so it's really cool because it's got different flavors and so if you have a horse that you know gets bored in his stall or you maybe want to get him to drink some more water or something like that. So it's got and it's a full size product which is the really cool thing. And some of these boxes you only get little tiny sample boxes or I'm sorry sample sizes, but they try to really give you full ti- full size products. And like I've I've gotten candy in my box for me as well as horse treats like this is amazing. So oh what did God, you guys yeah. get in your boxes? Oh, oh well, my first gosh. of all, mine came with toffee. And I was just no, like, ugh, it was so, so good. I, I like, and I had I to switched. read it because it looked so good. I was like, this can't be a horse treat. And I had to read <laughs> the paper inside that tell me what everything was. And they put like a little asterisk, like, no, this is for you, not for your horse. And I was like, thank God. But <laughs> so, they didn't uh, give good? me one. They didn't give me any candy. Oh no. What, huh? what was in yours, Jess? Well, my ponies got really good snacks, so <laughs> I think that was probably why they got, oh my gosh, these beet treats that PJ is obsessed with. And so, and thankfully they didn't give me a sample size, so he was very thankful he got a big box of that. <laughs> they gave us two different treats for the horses, and I think that was... um instead of probably a good thing I didn't need any snacks. So uh, the other thing I really got was this micro antimicrobial silver embedded towel. And Ooh. it's awesome to take to horse shows. Yep. So it's like clean and everything. So, so we have actually packed it to go to Carolina this week. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's and then, awesome. Yeah, I got a lot of cleaning things. I guess they think I should clean. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> you seem bored. Here's some cleaning supplies. Because I got a lot of cleaning supplies. <laughs> but yes, that's stuff you can always use, though. You know what I mean? You're uh, always going to buy gonna that lie. stuff. They so. gave me baby shampoo. And I was like, did they know I have a child? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That is amazing. Wow. But apparently, they said sometimes basic is better. And so basically, they're telling me that I can use a tiny bit of the baby shampoo and I put it in a bucket of water and you brush, you wash all your old dirty brushes and they come out almost new. Oh, wow. That's a good tip. I said, tip I didn't too. know that. How creative know, is that? I didn't know that either. What a wonderful tip. That so, is so cool. I got the February box and it was, uh, I wanted to mention because I love their presentation. So you get the box yes. and you got the cute, like little colorful horse logo that you, so you know, it's full of goodies. And then when I opened it, it had the most thoughtful, adorable, like red and pink and white hearts wrapping. And they had like, it was someone Aww. took the time to hand wrap that, you know, like it just was really nice. It felt like a, like a gift you get from a family member that really took the time to make it look nice. Yeah. And so it made me, it was, I was really excited when I opened it. And mine had a ton of horse treats too, like three or four different types that my horse devoured like super fast. Um, and I could tell some of them were like handmade horse treats and some of them were samples of like, you know, bigger bags of horse treats you could get. But um, what I loved the most about mine was I had, I think it's Bickmore is the brand, Bickmore. It, it, and it's a travel kit for tack cleaner. So it came with a cleaner oh, and cool. a conditioner. And then a rag, like a special type of fabric that you can use, but it's in its own cute little like zippered bag. So you can just throw it in your tack trunk for horse oh, shows. Perfect for shows. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And then it also came with a headband, like a, looked like an ear warmer type headband that you can wear under your helmet, which nice. I will probably never use here in Florida, but <laughs> I took you it should, away. You I should took... send it to Caroline because I bet she's freezing. In the <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I am, I'm going to be, I'm going to be selfish and keep it, but I've decided I'm going <laughs> to, when I use if you it, decide once, never to be selfish, then you should send it to Caroline. It's <laughs> under a note. Sorry, Rub you're cold. In. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're cold. We miss you. Here you go. <laughs> oh my God. But I think, I, cause I'm going to Iceland in September. So I was like, this is perfect for my trip. Oh, oh that's exciting. Yeah. But then I had a couple of like grooming things too. Um, I had like an absorbing brand, like mitts, like, you know, those grooming mitts where you slide your hand in and you can use to wash. Oh, I love those. I know. So yeah, it was pretty, I just, Sally, I, how much is it? Like how much is the subscription for this? Cause I'm just curious. Like, I feel like you get a lot of stuff, but I don't no, know. I mean, it's awesome. And so they have a bunch of different um, tier, I guess, tiers of subscriptions. So it starts at um, like for one box, it's $50 or you can do anywhere from three, six or 12 months. And the price goes down, you know, for the longer that you subscribe for. Um, but I mean, even for, I'm sorry, it was $60 for one month. Um, and then it just goes down from there. So, you know, I honestly, though, this is all stuff that I will use. And I think that it's an awesome gift idea, like for my trainer or working students at the barn or anybody you know, that your farrier, like that sort of thing. Um, so that would be, I think it's like my Christmas shopping is done, honestly. And it's, yeah. Mar and it's March. So like I'm, I'm adulting super hard right now. I'm adulting <laughs> really hard. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, giddy up goodies is something, um, like we said for everybody and it's, um, really, really easy to get into because they are so thoughtful and every, every month you get something a little bit different. So, um, you can find more at giddy dash up goodies 
com, and you can find out all about the different tiers of subscriptions. And they also have like this thing called Tidbits Box I just saw. And it's a um, it's just treats. So if you just want treats for your horse, that's the box for you. So lots of options for everybody. If you're listening to this program, it's obvious that you love horses. And let's be honest, our older horses hold a really special place in our hearts. That's why we want to do everything we can to keep our old companions around as long as possible and living their best lives. Well, our friends at Purina get this, and that's why they've developed Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed with Active Age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through the years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. Because when it comes to our horses, greatness never ages. To learn more, visit PurinaMills.com backslash Active Age. All right. So I have an important question for you guys. Um, this is something that's come up kind of recently for a variety of reasons, but one, first of all, I want to know, do you guys, when you're riding, like when you're warming up, whether you're at home or you're warming up, like getting ready for a class at a show, do you listen to music or like, do you have headphones in? Do you, do you have your phone on you? Yes and no. So you can't jump. Well, you can't at jumper shows now. So I used to, but you can't at jumper shows. And then, um, at events, Doug and I use like a personal, like coaching thing. We use C coach and it's a little bitty box and it hooks up to what we like is we hooks up to our Apple, uh, earphones. And so that fits under our helmets and they're really easy to pull off. And then we ride, I ride every day. They let you use those at the show for eventing. For eventing, they do. So you can like, and I don't think the dressage people will ever let that go because you go to a dressage show, they're all. And that's like, like all it is. It's weird. Oh, they're hooked up to it completely. Like It's like dead yeah. violent. If you're screaming next to the ring, they look at you funny. And I'm like, <laughs> what up? What I know. Up? I have seen that. Or you just see, you just see the coach like standing on the sidelines and they're just like murmuring to nobody, like murmur, 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 murmur. But they're know, talking Doug's to like, someone who's riding. And Doug's like, Jessica, you need to be quiet. And I'm like, Oh, they're, they're looking at me golf. funny. <laughs> this is golf, guys. Jesus. Like, I, I grew up in hunter jumper world. Everybody yells. There's so much commotion. What are you talking about? Um, so, and then eventing, we use the sea coach as well. So for dressage warm-up, uh, yes, we always try to have the sea coach. A lot of times we forget it, but we try to have it. And then at home, like, Doug rides in his headphones. He rides in the Bose, like, wireless one i mean they're not wireless they go behind his head so they Uh don't attach to the phone and so then he's got the bluetooth and he rides in those every day so like you have to like flag him down like wave at him to get his (laughs) attention and then i'll pull one off so he can hear you but is that um, is that for like a a focus thing like like be riding at home listening to music does that like help him channel like he's like zeroed in on what he's doing and music helps him i guess i mean it kind of I, I will sometimes listen to music. I'll be honest. I do it. So when I have to go on a walk, like I walk, we walk a lot of our horses. And so when I go for a walk, I, I call my friends. <laughs> yeah. Like, what up? <laughs> but like, do you have traffic in your neighborhood? Cause okay. So I, I always know. would use like just my phone in my pocket or like in my boot, if I didn't have a pocket or something like on trot sets, because I would go on roads where you know, it wasn't super busy, but I would hate to have not heard a car coming up behind me. See, um, that's the difference in our neighborhood. So oh, okay. we live like in an equestrian community and there's not very many cars and there's a huge, we're not on the road most of the time. We're yeah. there's like a massive, I guess you'd call it a sidewalk, but it's 
grass sand. So oh. like you can trot on the side of the road, like, and it's grass and sand. So like you can trot and like when we go gallop horses, I'd be so bored if I didn't have headphones on. So yeah. a lot of that, like basically we do, um, I don't think if I had to like go, I guess like Pennsylvania or something like that, where they were super busy streets, I'd be mm-hmm. panicked about Or like it. over in England or something where they're always oh, on the roads. Yeah. Right. And like, well, in New Jersey, we used to, well, in New Jersey, we were always on the road and it was, it wasn't that it was super busy, but it was busy enough and there was no shoulder and no sidewalk. So like you needed to hear the cars coming or you would get like run over basically. So I never, ever had headphones on there. Like, and it sucked. So you go like galloping and you just kind of get bored and that was just kind of, but I didn't know any different. And then, you know, we came here and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. You know, but there's nobody in our neighborhood. Oh, that's nice. So you don't have to worry about it. Maybe I'm like dating myself, but I remember taking lessons with a trainer and like the Friday night lessons were always like the low key lessons. And she, she had like a speaker system in the arena so we could like play music. And it was like a fun lesson, you know, where we had music playing and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but beyond that, there was, you know, like if I ever took my headphones to a horse show or like a hunter jumper show and think about the crazy warm up arena and you know what I mean? And trainers shouting at their kids, like, there's just no way. I don't know. Maybe it's just what I'm used to, but I could not ever imagine being, being able to ride with that. Like, I understand how music can help you get in the mindset to go show or, you know, go compete, but I would be like so frazzled and have no idea what the hell was going on. If, if I had music on in the warm up. I don't See, know. And it, I think it makes Doug focus like in the rhythm and everything else. So like, his big horses, he doesn't talk on the phone. Like he is seriously like concentrating. And I think the earphones in the arena, like keep all the distractions away, you know? So he sure. just really focuses in and he on all of the big horses. Like if you, if I call him, he's like, what's up? And I'm like, nothing. I was just calling. He's like, oh, I, I'm riding. I, I got to concentrate. And and he goes back to the music. <laughs> wow. Like, yes, Doug. Oh, okay. Like, couldn't, can you just talk to me? I kind of had something apparently not that important. <laughs> and he's like, peace. <laughs> like, wow. He That's is, interesting. He's he is a man like, of focus. He is. And I'm like, oh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Over here, so like, hey, there's something so shiny. I don't really understand, you know, like, exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm not ADD. <laughs> so I don't, I'm like you, I don't understand how the music helps, but I know that he is. So it'd be interesting to hear somebody's point of view that's like, oh, yeah, I, I have to have the music. You know, I probably should ask him. I just thought it was like fun instead. It's probably well, actually, uh, maybe I should do that. Maybe then I'd ride better. Maybe we should May- all yeah. try that tomorrow. Maybe we should just it's, do a group experiment. I don't know. Cause I like, I I'll like, <laughs> I like the quiet, like the, the barn is the place where I leave my phone in the car. It's just something that I've trained myself to do. Maybe because I work in an industry where I'm on call all the time, but it's like when I'm at the barn, that's where I want to be unreachable. I kind of like your it. happy place. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm riding, like I'm, I love it when I'm the only one in the arena and it's quiet. I like that. So but the reason why I bring this up, though, because there is some, like, news tied to this. Um, oh, I thought you were just asking. Well, <laughs> I, thought, I yeah. thought you saw a picture of me with headphones or something. No. So, effective in December, the USCF kind of got into this about how they um, were cracking down on the use of earbuds in the schooling rings for hunter-jumper classes. So, they're, like, pretty strict about it now. Um, oh, Yeah. So that's become a thing, which, you know, I think, I don't want to say you young kids, but I think, you know, like, (laughs) you're on your phone, you know, and I, like, I would never think to try to put my phone on me when I'm riding. I don't want my phone. I don't know. 
So I just, I, I do think it's interesting that I could see where it could be beneficial. Like, yeah, you want to call somebody. Maybe if I'm on a trail ride, I guess I would take my phone. I don't know. But um, a horse and hound had an interesting story about uh, the Princess Royal uh, over in England was like freaking out about people being on their phones. For Sally, the reason you mentioned about like a lot of people over in Europe, they like actually hack out on the roads where they're sharing the roads with cyclists and cars and people are on their phones and they're not paying attention to the traffic and that could actually be like a, a dangerous situation. Well, and have you seen some people driving? Like, I mean, I know you guys have talked about this before, but when I went yeah. to England in January and Jess, I know you guys have been there a lot, but when we went to England, we were in a small, small town and the, the, the roads were so thin and, and narrow and the people were just like, Oh, you know, let's just go like 65 miles, however many kilometers an hour. I don't know what it is, but like, I'm just like talking to people and I'm like, you ride horses on these roads and they're, it's like rainy and wet and they have like the horses wear knee boots so that in case they slip, it's crazy. So I can imagine why they would put that into play, you know? Wow. Knee boots. Yeah, I've never seen existed. that before. Me yeah. either. I've actually never seen knee boots. That's ugh, a little, I mean, but yeah. I wouldn't want to be on the road like that. I'd probably be no. too scared to ride on the road. Well, but that's like how it, you know, like it's crazy because that's just very how, but especially the adventures in England. Well, and they've all grown up doing that. that Absolutely. It's the new normal. No big deal. You know? Yeah, exactly. And that, but, in that place, no way would I want headphones. Right. But I guess it's what you know. It's what you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to them, it's totally normal. I don't know. I mean, I can see it from like a coaching standpoint if I'm having a lesson or, you know, my coach is warming me up with a headset because I think that's great because but I can also still hear if somebody's yelling at me like heads up, there's a loose horse, then I can still hear. But if I've got music blasting, like I'm sorry, I like break my I'm, I, I'm probably going to go deaf because I like blast my music so loud. So I'm not going to hear if there's a loose horse or somebody coming towards me or whatever. So I don't know. That's just me, though. So Jess, I know you guys use the Sea Coach, which I think is really interesting. And like, Sally, like you mentioned, it's totally beneficial to kind of like be able to hear your coach. Yeah, and stay instead focused. of screaming. Yeah, and it's it's nice. Like when you're at big shows, and you know, I used to like scream across the ring, and Doug would be like, "Why are you yelling?" And I'm like trying to get your attention, you know, to help you if he's got a change that's late or whatever else. You always want to know about that. And so the Sea Coach is. Awesome. And we tried a couple different other like devices and stuff. And for us, we like the Apple headphones. They work really well with our uh, helmets and everything. And they're easy for Doug to pull off, like right before he goes in the ring at like a big, big show, we can pull them off or one of the students can. And so that's been, that's been the most beneficial is like, you can rip them off right before you go in the ring and it's not really distracting and you're not having to unhook a bunch of stuff. Yeah, totally. I get that. Because your horse deserves optimum nutrition delivered naturally, they deserve Stanley Premium Western Forage. There's no better place in the country to grow forage than Idaho, and Stanley is one of the country's largest producers. Whether it's pellets, cubes, chopped forage in bags to compressed bales, Stanley cultivates premium forage types horse owners demand. Simply put, horses deserve Stanley Premium Western Forage because they deserve the very best. Visit stanleyforage.com. So I heard something interesting, Jess, and I'm asking you this because I feel like you might know. Um, I heard something about like if you're a coach. So let's say you coach me and you are a judge. You know, you're judging a horse trial coming up, um, the dressage section or whatever. And, and so you tell me, hey, by the way, you actually cannot ride with me for some period of time up into and including the event. So I, I actually didn't know that. And I, I 
feel like I haven't heard anything about it, um, which is weird because I feel like I hear a lot of like whisperings about policies and rules. So have you heard of that before? Yeah. So um, I kind of got familiar with it because of Doug's mom. So she oh, right. can't. So yeah. So Marilyn um, cannot judge Doug or I or Holly ever. Like okay. it doesn't matter time frame, whatever else. But before Doug and I were married, she couldn't really judge me or she had to make sure she had not taught me for 30 days. And so she has to be, yeah. And Doug's a judge as well. So they have to be careful that they don't judge people within 30 days of the horse show that they're judging. And they can, so Marilyn can be at the show judging. She just can't judge our arena. Okay. So you can have, you'll have people that are like absolutely riding with that judge, like you know, Marilyn has students, Doug has right. students, other people have students and they can totally be at that show. So like Marilyn will judge a lot of shows and then she just can't judge that division. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, that's interesting. So this might be a completely random topic for another discussion, but so like, for example, Kentucky, if Marilyn was invited to be a part of the the judging panel for that would, and, and Doug was going, then that's, she, she would not be able to, or she would she, have to so, say no. It is like family drama, basically. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't wow. want to bring that up, but I was no, just no, curious. no, no, no. But like, just in the case that, like, so she's judged two Olympics, and she's judged like so. She, she, she's a very high-profile yeah. judge. <laughs> Absolutely, and she's you know, I, I mean, I'm a little bit like biased, but she's one of the best in my opinion, and she's mm-hmm. very not biased. Like, she's amazing, and so the Olympics last year she, or two years ago, um, she was on the, I think she was the president of the ground jury actually, but she was on the, yep. So she would have to recruit herself if Doug or Holly actually got chosen to be on it. Wow. So yeah. So like Doug was actually like trying to go, but like, unless he was like a shoe in, she wasn't coming down. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I'm not stepping down. You can wait. <laughs> so, so wait, I have questions guys. Cause I'm not really familiar with this. So does this apply only to like, so obviously lessons and up to 30 days, but what if like, say I wanted to go to uh, a clinic that Marilyn was hosting and then maybe within a couple of weeks, I wanted to go to a horse show where she could potentially be the judge. Is that still a problem for a clinic? So yeah, I, anything, yeah, anything. Yeah. Right. Really? So that I mean, basically determines sure you rule. as a. Cl- okay. So I read the rule because I okay. thought this was really interesting. So, okay. So I'm probably going to butcher this, but basically what it says is that there's a whole list of like types of people that cannot ride with a judge. And one of those is just a client. And so I would think that if you are taking a clinic with Marilyn, that makes you a client for that day, I would think. Right. So that would, I, yes. I would just probably wouldn't even say, don't even risk it, you know? Well, and so she did, um, it was another thing. She came and did the fix a test sort of thing with all the high performance riders in Aiken mm-hmm. and in Ocala. And uh-huh. so all the high performance riders, including Doug, came and kind of went through the test and she gave pointers and, you know, she you stop and you do movements again, which I love doing that kind of stuff with her. And so she'll kind of like break apart and be like, look, you could show this part better. So she did that. And, um, she basically just was, she knew she wasn't judging on the East coast for like, you know, 30, 60 days. So she's like, I can absolutely come do this for the high performance horses. So she can't, that's cool. So she can't do it like once she can't, you know, she can't even like, if you've ridden with her in any form, 
she basically like always ask and is like, okay, like, where are you going? And then, you know, they kind of discuss it and make sure yeah. she's not helping. I can okay. imagine at that level, especially more yeah. questions, more questions. Okay. So, all right. So we've talked mostly about dressage and eventing specifically. What about something like the hunters? Does this apply with, so, oh, that's know. a good question. Similar. So again, I went through the rule book. Um, I'm kind of like nerding out about this, honestly, which is a little bit weird for me, but anyway, um, so it's kind of the same. You cannot compete in, okay, so say you're at a hunter jumper show and there's hunters and jumpers. So if you ride with a person who is a hunter judge, you cannot ride in A, a class that they're judging, and B, you can also, um, how do I say this? It said something about like if you're doing, if you are at the same show, but you want to ride in the jumpers, but whoever your, your coach or whoever is uh, judging the hunters, then you can still do the jumpers. So that's fine. It doesn't matter. So basically it doesn't seem as strict because, but I, I guess it's also just, I guess it's about the same. But then what I thought was interesting was that it's a lot stricter for like big shows. So the list is the, the junior hunter finals, the pony hunter finals, and then all USCF hunter jumper seat equitation medal finals. So like the McClay's, Etc. Um, the show jumping talent search from the USCF, and then the Washington International Horse Show Equitation um, Medal, or whatever that's called. So those are all within. Okay, so it says up to sixty days prior to the competition, through thirty days after the last competition day. Whoa! You can't right? Yeah. So they basically say like two months before and a month after you can't ride with that. Judge. Ninety days. Yeah, that's a long time. Isn't that crazy? Like but they well, really guess, want to avoid favoritism in that, in that ring, which I, I mean, I guess I could see that. Cause these are mostly like the kid equitation classes. And I, I guess maybe that's a thing more. I don't know. There has to be some precedent for that, that made them do that. So I have a question just because like, if you say you're, you sign up and you want to be a judge and you want to be the caliber of judge that Marilyn is, you know, like the best of the best is that that is primarily your business. Then it's not like you have a lot of business with clients, right? Because of, these kinds of rules or um she has a really good like clientele base back home but they don't show a lot you know like they're more they're more in the dressage you know she has a lot of dressage clients right she doesn't judge a lot of dressage shows so then that's kind of i think where the difference is gotcha Hmm. she can okay interesting that's really interesting yeah i just thought it was like I said, I hadn't really heard of it before. So I kind of went nose deep into the rule book. So the only thing I couldn't find was what the penalty is, but I would only assume, and again, Jess, you might know this better than I, but mm. I would only assume it's kind of up to like the, the TD or the steward or um, to give you like warning. I, I would assume they would, might follow the same process they would for any kind of yellow card or disciplinary action. That's what I would guess. Yeah. I actually don't know. <laughs> <I have> no <laughs> clue. <laughs> We'll have to get back to you on that. We'll have to get back to you on that. I'll have to ask (laughs) Marilyn what the penalty is. I'll do some more rule book reading and see if I can't uncross my eyes long enough to decipher this. Wish me luck. So, Sally, so it's customary that you bring the drink, but also that you kind of tell a little bit about yourself to us. And, yep, here you go. And your significant other. I had to tell about how awkward, like, Doug and I met at, like, the CD (laughs) bowling alley. And Alex (laughs) talked about... She met at like a pizza trailer, which was hysterical. So do you have any fun um, stories about your boyfriend and you? Like, how did you guys meet? Did you have something cool? Like, I mean, we met on what's Tinder. The like, is that cool? You met on Tinder? Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm like, oh, my face that. is turning red right now. I don't know what that means. 
Um, <laughs> you're blushing. No, I think I'm embarrassed that I met him on Tinder. Um, don't be embarrassed. So, all right. So hey, my husband. Sw- wait, don't you swipe one way? You didn't swipe the wrong way, at least. You know, I, did no, I did that. I did that. I did that, I did that to my husband, wait. too. So I saw him on Tinder, and we knew each you other. You swiped the wrong way? And I swiped, swiped left? I, swiped, I swiped left on him. Yeah. Oh, we ended up no. dating, like, yes. months later. Yeah. So don't How be embarrassed. How did you find him again? Did, you, did he come back up? I mean, we knew who he, we knew who each other were. Like we, uh, oh, okay. he's also a journalist and we used to work at competing newspapers. So, so we you're to, like, no, swipe left. We saw each other, but I was like, I'm not dating another journalist. Screw you. Swipe left. <laughs> nice. Now I'm married to him. So oh. yeah. it's funny how that works out sometimes. <laughs> so, so Sally, did you swipe right the first time? I did. I did. I swiped right. And then I think he messaged me first. And um, so I was like, I was a working student at the time. And so I was like super busy. And I honestly just kind of was on Tinder because I was bored and whatever. So like we met up and he was cool. We had a lot in common and he's in the Navy. So (laughs) we go on our first date and it's really cute because we go, I said I wanted to go to the beach because I hadn't really been to the beach since moving to San Diego. Um, so we go to this place called Pacific Beach, and it's like a kind of like a boardwalk area, really cute. And so we have this awesome date, like we walk around the beach and have some food and whatever. And so we get back to the car afterwards, and we had met there, so we were getting ready to go to leave separately. And he goes, uh, "So by the way, I'm going to be gone for the next three weeks." And I was like, "Really, dude? Like this is how you're going to ghost me? Like you're just going to say that? Like you could just <laughs> like I was just like." Okay. So, like, so skeptical. I, I literally said that. Yeah, I think I literally said that. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I was like, this was that bad, huh? And he's like, no, 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 I'm really going. But I was going to say, like, you could email me if you want. And I was like, email you? What? Yeah. I really, like, I swear to God, I thought that he was trying to, like, put me off without being rude. Like, I thought that he was just going to not talk to me ever again. Because, I mean, okay, who goes on a first date and is like, hey, girl, you should email me? Like, I don't know. So, um, so I did, but I did, I did email him. I was like, all right, whatever. I have nothing else to do. So I did. And we actually ended up, um, talking, like actually bonding and getting to know each other. And, um, for those three or four weeks that he was gone, cause I think I was gone at a horse show, like when he got back. And then, so it was basically months or a month since until we saw each other again and like the rest is history. So it's, um, Aww. it's pretty cool. And so I always tell that story cause I, I think it's funny, but the cool thing is that he actually, um, so he rides dirt bikes and he does motocross. Like, have you guys ever done anything with that or experienced? Wait, oh, I've, I had it's called, wait, it's called motocross. I thought it was motocross. Mo- no, it's motocross. Okay. Like I no got R, no R. Yeah. There's no R. Really? I don't know why, but there's, it's like a, like, don't you piss off the motocross guys and they're like all really hot. So you should not piss them off. They are really oh. hot. I, I dated two of them. Yeah. Prior so, you know, current husband. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea. So yes, motocross, but okay. So here I think it's cool because, so I'm an event rider and this is probably the closest thing I have ever seen to cross country riding. Like the body, like, okay. So if you go on YouTube, when you guys get done with whatever you're doing today, go on YouTube and look up Supercross and just look at the jumps and the way that they position their bodies. It's really cool because you can actually kind of see how they control the bike with their legs more than their hand. And it's very like oddly similar, but it's cool because it honestly has made Kyle, my boyfriend, like more uh, easily easy to understand eventing terms and like what's going on with the horses. Like he still has no idea what dressage is, but I mean, what boyfriend does. So 
I just think it's cool, though. But the funny thing is that he spends probably just as much, if not as more than I do on his stupid freaking bike than I do on my horse. So I'm like, you have no excuse. Like whenever I buy a horse again, you literally can never talk to me about how much I spend on it. (laughs) So do totally. It is an expensive sport and it's just as involved. Like you were saying, like when they go to competitions and stuff, it's a lot of freaking work. It It really is. It's not like you show up, you play the game, you go home. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it with the bike and all the stuff. Yeah, and so. I mean it's um like you can make it like I we I go to the track with him on the weekends and we kind of like, you know, he would come to the barn with me and all that sort of thing. So we kind of balance it out. But going to the track it honestly kind of feels like going cross country schooling <laughs> without without the horses obviously, but I don't know. I just think it's really cool to have found somebody that kind of does something similar and spends I swear to god, the boy had like five Amazon packages on the porch the other day and then he bought like two new helmets and like I'm like, "Who are you?" That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So, opposites, or I guess opposites don't really attract in this case. Aw. All right, well, Sally, I'm super excited because I know you've listened to the show, but you get to play Rose and Thorn. Yay! (laughs) I'm not going to tell you how long I've been thinking about what my Rose and Thorn was going to be because it's embarrassing. Oh my god! Did you find one? Did you like? Did you pick one? I mean, I did, but I don't even think it's that good. But we're just going to go with it. Well, you get to go first then. Yeah. Because I have <laughs> yeah. To think. Yeah. Because we have to think about ours. <laughs> I literally, you guys are going to laugh. I literally have a note that says Rose and Thorn so that I didn't forget. Oh, look at you. That's so great. You will be less and less prepared the more you do the show. So no, yeah, never you have prepared. to think about it on the fly with us. <laughs> We're like, oh God, got to think of something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my Rose this week, um, besides doing my very first podcast podcast with you guys, is um, I actually just went home to Kansas City this last week for one of my best friend's bridal showers that I helped throw. And she's getting married um, actually the week weekend before Kentucky. So it's going to be a really exciting slash busy time. But um, so I did, I went to go to her shower and then I got to see another girlfriend get married. So it was a really busy, like love fest this week. So that was fun. Aww, yeah. And so what's your thorn? Um, okay. So my thorn is like, it's honestly really not a thorn and it, um, but I'm, I'm going to complain about it anyway. But so I have a really busy travel schedule and Okay, Joss, I know this like pales in comparison to yours, I'm sure, but <laughs> so I have to, but I just, I'm a total homebody and like, I don't go anywhere without my dog. So it's hard when I have to be away from home. So I have to go to Kansas City for my friend's bachelorette party, which is the weekend before her wedding. And I stay there for her wedding. And then I go from there to Kentucky. And then I come home from Kentucky and I turn around and I go to Texas because I'm grooming for my other friend at her very first um, CCI One Star. Uh, so I said I would come down and, and groom for her. So I'm super excited. It's all really good things. But it's just like I'm going to be gone for like a month straight. And I'm not super excited about that. So um, Man, you are like the best friend ever, though. Look at all these things you're doing for I, your friends. <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far. I just like to like oh, it, I'm funny because I like make all these plans and I get really excited. And then it comes up and I'm like, oh, why did I do this to myself? But yeah. it'll be fun. I'm su- I mean, it's all really fun stuff. So honestly, it's hardly a thorn. But I just being a homebody, it's kind of hard sometimes. That's all. Oh, what you. about you guys? I have a good one. So right. my Rose, my sister had her baby uh, almost 10 days ago. Not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Oh, yeah. So that's exciting. So she had a baby boy. So Hudson has a baby cousin. 
His name is Rhodes. He's you so guys, cute. Do you live close to one another? Like, will they get to grow up together? She lives in Nashville. And so okay. where my parents live. And so we'll see each other a bit. Aww, I feel like they should awesome. start like some company like Hudson and Rhodes. That sounds like some super <laughs> badass like law yeah. firm or something. Except where he was nine pounds. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> goodness that gracious. That is I scary. Did really, I did feel really bad for my sister. I was like, oh, I thought six pounds, 13 ounces was big enough. So, but baby and mom are health, healthy and everything's Yay. good. So, and he's so precious. So, he's he's perfect. So, baby Hudson has a baby cousin. Yay. And then, I guess... Mm, Sally kind of stole my thorn because <laughs> speaking okay, of I'm babies, it, <laughs> it does because I'm packing for Carolina, which I'm so stoked about. We're really excited about Carolina this week, but I have to pack for baby Hudson, myself, and the dog, the Chihuahua. I was, gonna hope, I was thinking you were going to have to pack for Doug and I was going to laugh. I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably have to do that too, but I didn't think I was going to say that on the air. <laughs> Okay, Sorry, I will. Dog. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to like give him like a little bit of credit there. <laughs> Don't worry. Bad, I got you, Doug. Yeah. But we have this super cool bassinet that like rocks and has like white noise. So I'm not going to lie. I'm taking his bed with us. So it is going to be a lot of stuff going. I probably should, sh- should take a picture and post it on Instagram and like everybody can see because I'm pretty sure our packing is going to be painful. You Ugh. definitely should take a picture and send it to us. <laughs> like this, we cannot be jealous of you. And the snoo and the pack and play. Like I'm taking it all. Like don't. I'm not afraid to take everything. That's too funny. So, what's yours, Justine? Um. So I took my horse to two horse shows the last two weekends. Yay! I know. I'm actually. How did like, he do? He did really good. It was was really- Mikey perfect? He was. He was such a good boy. Um, And he's, like, healthy and really doing good. So he got... I can't remember if I talked about this on the last episode, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating it. But we went to a little hunter show, and he got reserve champion in both of his little hunter divisions. Oh, what a good boy. I know. And then I took him out. uh, The local fox hunting group uh, did, like, their annual hunter hunter trials, which are basically, like, derby classes, just, like, out in the field. Um... And so he had to like jump in and jump out and gallop over logs, up and down hills, stuff he's never done before. And he was so good. We had a really good time. So so I'm just like enjoying him while he's healthy and things are going good. And we'll see yeah. how, he, how he gets through the summer. But I'm feeling really hopeful and actually enjoying my horse. And Oh, that's awesome. And this is going to be a really bad thorn that Jess is going to yell at me about because <laughs> oh, no. it's not even a thorn but I bought a horse trailer so the thorn part of it is I'm broke because I bought a horse oh, trailer no, no, that does not count <laughs> <laughs> that should be part of your robes <laughs> I think we all had pretty good thorns today <laughs> I know I know we're both we're all lame I guess you can take it if I had to complain about packing up my well all right I'll situation come- I'll combine it with other things to make it sound worse, I guess, cool. but it's, it's not going to sound worse. So I bought a horse trailer. Then my damn greyhound had to have like a tooth thing with the vet. And she, on Facebook. She's doing really good though. And then we bought a pergola for the backyard. So I'm just really broke that I've spent a lot of money. In this last <laughs> no, so that could be your thorn. I have no money. Yeah. No more. <laughs> That's horse always shows. my thorn. What are we talking about? I know. Yeah. Ugh. 
So, but otherwise, things are good. Good. Yeah. All right. So we do have a mailbag. Um, this came from Rachel in the Heels Done Happy Hour Facebook group. And if you guys are listening, you're not part of the Facebook group, you're really missing out. Um, so anyways, uh, Rachel says, as a young trainer, it's very encouraging to hear you ladies talk about horse stuff in a relatable and candid way. So many things are said and they make me go, yes. And I'm not the only one who thinks that way. Yeah. Woohoo, Rachel. Thanks for listening. Uh, so anyway, she has a question in regards to training young horses. Rachel asks, what are some of your favorite ways to boost a youngster's confidence under saddle and keep the training routine fun and interesting? How do you avoid getting stuck on the hamster wheel? I'm always looking for new ideas. So That's a good one. I know Jess, why don't you start first since you probably have all the ideas. Mm, yeah. For our young ones, we basically try to like get them out, take them new places, always kind of, even if it's not like to horse shows, but take them to their friend's place, like take them to another barn, take them to another arena, just kind of mix it up and try to get their experience that way. And just being like, even if it's to go for a trail ride or go over some poles, like, so it doesn't have to be super technical or jumping big fences or going cross country schooling that we kind of just try to take them and get them accustomed to getting on the road. So like for us, the show horses are kind of ready for it. And then it also like for the young horses, just kind of get some experience without really spending a lot of money. So you kind of just take them to new places all the time. Yeah. yeah that, that, makes sense. that was totally going to be my suggestion too. Like with Mikey, like we took him to the hunter trials just because like, whatever he's young. I, yeah. I, I had no expectation of him doing great, but just to get him out and trying new things and, We'll probably do a hundred pace this month, you know, and I'm going to take a lesson with another trainer down the road just to ride him in a different ar- arena, essentially. Um, but I don't know. So Jess, like, what about if you got like, just, you know, that young horse that is totally like OCD spazzy, you can't keep him concentrated. And after you do like one exercise so many times, you just like lose his brain. Like, what do you do to kind of keep him, keep him engaged during, you know, however long you're riding him? we do a lot of like change of directions, spiral inspiring out, like a lot of ground poles, a lot of kind of like Cavaletti type exercises and change it up. Like put, you know, ground lines, ground rails on like the outside of the, the long side and make them canter in like five strides, make them canter in six strides, like mm-hmm. try to work on their adjustability. And, you know, if they are poles on the ground, it doesn't matter if they like miss or you miss or whatever, that they just kind of figure out where their feet are and the poles kind of help them always having to pay attention. So it's not hard for them to go over a pole, yeah, but they have a little to think about, there. yeah. I mean, like they literally just have to pay attention and say, Hey, look, like I got to pay attention. I got to look and put them on a circle and put, you know, rails on a circle and make them canter and kind of make the exercises fun. Like change up the striding, try to get five. I'd make like a game out of it. Be like, this time I'm going to get six strides. This time I'm going to get eight strides, you know? And try to just play with whatever it is. And they don't need to be a certain stride. Like, put them there and, like, just Figure try it to, out. like, play a game. Yeah. And kind of go with it. Yeah. That's a good idea. What about, like, from arena work to pasture work? Like, how often are you, like, riding them out in a field or hacking them out in the field versus in an arena? So a lot of times we'll start them in the arena and then just kind of take them on a trail ride afterwards. You know, take them for a hack. Kind of take them out. Trot them up the hill one day. Just we always sort of start them in the arena. So they kind of have to like play a little bit and then, and they get days off and stuff, but we don't start ours specifically until they're four years old. 
till they're like mm-hmm. in their first part of their four-year-old year. And so then we kind of take them, get them experience everything else. And like ours will go through the one cheaper for them to event and kind of go to the jumper shows in Aiken in the spring season. So we kind of like get them like hit them hard basically now. And then, you know, in April, they'll have April and May off and then we'll slowly start to bring them back in June. So we give them like kind of bursts, like where they work a little bit and then we turn them back out in the field too. So we do that a lot. So they get a little bit of a vacation mentally and physically. That's a good idea. What do you have for us? Anybody else got any ideas? Yeah. And I mean, like Jess, I don't, obviously, you know, I'm not a professional or anything, but I've always bought my horses young and, and kind of had to, to, to work with them from the ground up. So I always have been a big fan of lunging them over cross country fences or even just jumps or Cavaletti. Obviously you have to be careful with the standards, not getting caught, but for introducing water or teeny tiny cross country fences, I think it's great because it really lets them figure out their feet for themselves. And I've had several coaches that have kind of advised me the same way. Um, yeah. And then the other thing that I do with my horses is um, I like to teach them tricks like or do some like I'm not a groundwork pro or a natural horsemanship person or anything like that. But I do think that groundwork is important and teaches them manners. So I, I try to teach them like simple things like follow me or or um, like smile. I taught my other horse. I try to teach him how to count, but then he ended up just pawing. So I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that, yeah. And then, oh, I did teach him to point his toes. So I have a video of him. He picked it up in like 30 seconds. I'm not even kidding. But again, then he just would like point and paw. So I don't really know how much good it did. But my point is, is like, I think it's just, it keeps their brain engaged and it keeps them aware of where you are on the ground and kind of keeps their attention on you. So especially if it's your horse, I think like that's a really good idea to help with the young horses or, or any horse really. Absolutely. That's a really good idea. So if you have more questions for us and you want us to chat about it on the air, you can send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can also join the Facebook group that we mentioned earlier and post your questions in there. Also, if you want to hear more from us, check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone or tablet so you can take it anywhere. Download on iTunes or Google Play or check out our website at heelsdownmag.com. We'll be releasing new episodes of Heelstone Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of each month. Did you know you can get the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone? Check for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Equal Gold, Giddy Up Goodies, Stanley Premium Western Forage, and Purina. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We're so happy to have you on the show, Sally. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, cheers guys. Cheers. Next time. Cheers. Cheers. 